Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Rams in the house. It is a Tuesday evening in the Queen City, and we've, we've got a first tonight, Danny Rams. We've been making firsts. Couple of firsts. Exactly. And we've got a special guest who's standing by, waiting to, waiting to join the show, which is super exciting, but we're on a rooftop, man. We're up on the roof. You know? This is our first. As James Taylor saying, we've been to ten plus breweries on the Charlotte Soccer Show tour, and what we're trying to do is find the best beers in town, and of course talk about Charlotte Soccer as well. But we're on a rooftop, Burial Beer Company. We're here. The Cheers, place. Danny Brams. Cheers to you. What are you drinking? John, I'm drinking something that I hope will inspire me to have a great show. It's the Profit Maker IPA, and I'm hoping by uh, ingesting this baby, it will make a profit out of me. Now, this is my second <laughs> beer of the night because I started with a Surf Wax IPA special, which kind of the reason we're here at Burial is because in our most recent Zoom, our final Zoom episode during the COVID era of the show, you were drinking a burial, an Asheville local brew at home. It was on, a dramatic reading. Yeah, yeah, and you sold it so hard and so well. I guarantee anybody that listened to the episode went home and drank a burial that night. And we had to come to burial because they've opened a Charlotte location. they got a rooftop tap room down here in Plaza Midwood, one of the uh, coolest neighborhoods in town. And I'm absolutely loving uh, the surf wax I had earlier, the profit maker I'm drinking now. And what are you drinking? I'm drinking the surf wax. <laughs> Of course I'm drinking the surf wax. I, I, what I else? Talked, I talked about it on the show a few weeks ago, and now I'm here to have it in draft form, and, and it's fantastic. So, so cheers to you. Cheers to you. And cheers to our other first, a special guest on the show. Right. We actually do have friends on this show. <laughs> People want to talk to us. Kayla Burns Hefner is here. She's an ESPN.com writer. She's an ESPN associate producer as well. She's a former colleague of mine. She's a current colleague of Danny Brown. <laughs> and it's so happy to have her here. What what are you drinking tonight? Well, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so honored to be one of your first guests. No, um, not one of our first guests. The, the, the first, first guest. guest. <laughs> and I'm so happy to be coming on for the first rooftop episode. Big rooftop fan. And this is also my first time at this brewery as well. My first time drinking this beer. So I am drinking, I believe it's called an Ocean Shallows. It's a ghost. It's uh, yes. got some hibiscus in it. I didn't really read too much of the description. It's ruby it's, red. I've it is got ruby you. red and it is in a wine looking glass. So yeah. it's it's great. Ten it stars. could pass for a wine or maybe a Boone's Farm. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Boone's Farm. You're taking me back to my high school days there at that point. <laughs> and you are showing your age, my friend. And there, there's one thing that's really important about the show today is that we've got a, a ton to talk about, right? We've got a special guest, Taylor, here. Danny Brams is here. We're going to talk about a match day experience oh, man. at the Keep on Saturday. You put out. I just want to throw this out there. You put out the poll on Twitter, on our on our Twitter page, at For the Crown Baby. That's the show Twitter page. Give us a follow. You put out the poll, and I voted for something, and I just want to let you know I followed through. You achieved? You achieved completely ridiculous? Completely off the chain, excuse me? Yes, I achieved the fourth option, which was what was going to be your vibe? today yeah. at the stadium. I mean if you don't if you don't 
know what we're talking about. You don't follow us on Twitter, which is a mistake you should fix right away. But yeah, we put out a little game day, match day poll. You know, all the all the people who, who are sort of the char- the local media, the 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 charlatarati, the people who, who cover this team are all doing their thing on match days with their match day tweets. We Shout try- out top in ninety. Yeah, we try to keep things different. You know, it's other people will do. You know, what's your scoreline prediction? Who's going to be your man of the match? And you know, we're just trying not to duplicate what others are doing. So we try to uh, come up with something fun. This week it was a poll on how how hard are you going to go? What's your party vibe? <laughs> and for me it was, uh, for me I went with rowdy and ridiculous. And I'm not, I'll be honest with you, I'm not I'm not 100% sure that I got there. I'm not 100% sure I got there. I'm not quite sure I got to rowdy and ridiculous. And I will blame the sun for that more than anything else because I felt like I got like, heat poisoning out there almost if that's even a real condition and and let me interject there because today's a a huge day in mls history talking about heat poisoning those afternoon kickoff times at the keep thing of the past a thing of the past at this point we we have a second half of the season to come we're almost at the halfway point as far as home matches are concerned for charlotte fc so after this season there'll be no saturday afternoon matches it's only Saturday night, and we'll get into that. But it's a, it's a huge historic day in the MLS. There's a new TV rights package, a new media. It, Don Garber, the MLS commissioner. The soccer Don. He, he didn't want to, Kayla. And you're in the media business, so I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. He didn't want to call it the TV rights package. He wanted to call it the media package because of the deal with Apple. I personally think this is a huge deal for MLS. You're talking about $250 million for the next 10 years to partner with Apple. I think it's a massive deal. I mean, anytime you can put your name against a brand as recognizable as Apple, I'm mean, exactly. just looking at our phones, every single one of us has an Apple phone. <laughs> Good point, yeah. <laughs> There's a, a MacBook sitting yeah. <laughs> sitting here on the table as well. Uh, I mean, that's that's a massive thing for the sport of soccer, and I think it's something that's going to be really exciting to see how that unfolds. You're not kidding. You're absolutely not kidding. Well, your reaction, you, you, it's too hot on me. Listen, the reason why my wife, the reason why Rachel and I, my wife, we got club level seats was because we knew it was going to be hot as fuck right right so we were just like we right. need to get club level yeah because there's going to be days and i'm a fair-skinned irishman mm-hmm. i need a little bit of break from the sun here and there and, and to know personally that these games are going to happen on saturday nights next season it's a good feeling i was already in yeah now i'm just like as far in as you can possibly get yeah I, I love the idea uh, this is something I've pushed for years in terms of MLS like it, uh, establishing kind of a window for when their games are kind of like the NFL if you're a big NFL fan you know that there's always going to be a kickoff at 1pm and 4pm Eastern on Sunday afternoons and that's a big calling card if, it will help draw people to have that regular kickoff time I assume it'll be two windows a lot of details have to be worked out there'll be a west coast east coast thing and all that but yeah knowing that we're going to be playing all night games coming up next year is great for sure because I'll tell you what to bring it back this Red Bulls game I would have loved for it to be a night game for sure because I was cooking but I might not have quite got too rowdy and ridiculous I at least achieved feeling frisky which won the poll incidentally it did uh I went pretty large we had a great day we met with some TIFOs tremendous friends of the show were hanging out at Big Ben's JPP shout out Shout out to JPP. Because that was a surprise. Right. Seeing JPP at halftime. Yeah, that was, he he crept up on us and it was great, you know. (laughs) But Alex Ventura and his boy 
were meeting us pregame, and that was great. And uh, we were loving life. We did all the rituals, you know, from Elizabeth down the Gold Line to Hooligans to Romare Beard. And I don't know, you, we've we've actually, Kayla, we've seen you before at matches in the pre-party mode. I think we saw you outside the French Quarter one time on one of the early week season matches. But that's like what we do every week. What's your like go-to like game day rituals? What have you loved the most about attending a Charlotte match? Yeah, yeah. So I've t- attended a lot of the home matches here, which have been really fun, really great experience. I've worked the first one, um, coming off of the story that I had put out. So I ended, up getting, to, <laughs> I ended up getting to uh, pay that one off with an incredible experience of getting to witness that from a work perspective. But pretty much every other home game that I've been in town for, I've been in as a fan. And I go to the supporters' tailgate lot. I hang out with the. I'm actually a member of the QC Royals too, so I hang out with that group. I play soccer with them, so they kind Shout of out Royals. roped me into this whole brilliant, this whole new world awesome. that I've been experiencing. I'm yeah. a new soccer fan. They just moved up in my supporter group power ranking. <laughs> they did me too. I'm sure they'd love to hear that after this. I'll, I'll let them know. Um, I believe they're Charlotte's oldest supporter soccer supporters. They group, are. Right? Yeah, they are. They're general uh, supporters. I know my group stuff. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. of Charlotte in in general, so great group of people um they have an awesome experience but it's really cool to be there and just kind of see all the different groups mesh together interact i haven't actually ever made it through one walk into the stadium um the march that gets done i haven't made that one yet but well, it's not? on the list we for the record we haven't either <laughs> right yeah so don't worry yeah, about that exactly i'm and interested the yeah. i was going to ask you how is the march because <laughs> we do our own charlotte soccer show march which is from elizabeth on the gold line into uptown into the French Quarter, get up a beer in Hooligans, head into Romeo Beard in Park, enjoy a few, uh, some time in there, one of the best views of the city. Then we march down Main Street ourselves. It's not because we don't want to be down there at the tailgate area. Right. This is a great time. It does look like a great time. It's just on the other side of the state. It just looks like the second it. best way to pregame for Charlotte <laughs> FC to us. That's what can I what can I say? But someday, and I firmly believe that someday the official Charlotte FC Sports March will be down Mint Street from Romere, but what's that's your, neither here nor there. Probably what, not this year. What's your take on the matches being moved to Saturday night next season? And Wednesday night as well. I think that's important to, to, to share. But you've seen how the MLS calendar plays out already. Yeah. There's not a lot of midweek matches. It's mostly weekend matches. So I think that it's fair to say that at least 65 70% of the matches next year will be on Saturday night. So... Is that good for the club? I think that's fantastic. And I think Brams was talking about this a little bit earlier when he was talking about how the NFL does it. As someone who is, I would say I'm newer into the soccer fandom. I've always been a soccer fan, but getting into the MLS space, it can be a little bit intimidating and trying to figure out when these teams are playing. If you're trying to navigate a bunch of different games with different schedules, they're varying at all different times. (laughs) It's a pain in the ass. Uh, It can become a little bit, you know, uh, non-user friendly to someone who's new to the sport. And so I think what Saturday is going to do for the league overall is I think it's going to create an opportunity for uh, a more casual viewer fan base to be able to tune in at the same time and to have a good experience of you know, watching all of these games and they have the whip around show and it's going to be mm-hmm. a very similar format to what other That's pro another teams de- are doing. That's another detail about right. this that we haven't really discussed is mm-hmm. that this the Golazo show right. MLS yeah, style. Exactly. Everyone always raves about those when they run during Champions League and UEFA weekend uh, weeks, excuse me, uh, over on Paramount. And I think Apple. I don't know. I don't know the quality. Of what the quality of Apple's product is going to be? I mean, it's it's for uh, fans and viewers to decide what that's going to be when it comes around. But I'm really excited about what they're pitching right now. For well, sure. The guarantee that was made that I think is really important for maybe somebody that's not as familiar with television production as. 
the three of us sitting here at the table is that 1080p makes a big fucking difference. Yeah. And yeah. Apple has guaranteed that every match will be available in 1080p, which to me, sometimes I'll turn on an MLS match on FS1. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, I literally cannot watch this. Right. They send the backup cameras to this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for it's, sure. It's still it in the 700s. And yeah. I'm just like, how in the world is the United States domestic mm-hmm. league still being broadcast in this way? So It makes at, a difference. At face value, that to me is is a huge difference. And their graphics are very minimalist, the way they do it on baseball, the, the Sunday night package they've got this year. So I'm, I'm interested. You know... Kayla and I both work for ESPN. We're not really representing ESPN in our discussions here, but I will say just as a soccer fan, I've enjoyed having MLS on ESPN+, Plus. but I have no ill will towards any companies, and I'm excited to see what what Apple can do with the package. Well, I'll put it this way. If you you all say anything that will get you fired, I'll take it out of the Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Trust me, I will not. I will not. Uh, So, listen, all right, so that's a huge story today. I want to get into more of that. The new media rights thing, I just do not want to undersell yeah. $250 million a year for 10 years right. for this league. That's really and a, important. And a brand new sort of template for how we're going to experience this club and going in the future. You know, exactly. we're, This is way more than a one-year experience. We've said that from the beginning, as hyper-focused as we are on this inaugural season. But I can't wait. Big things ahead for Charlotte FC, for the league, for, all, for soccer fans. For all of us. But now we get to have fun. We get to talk about the result. Right. Let's get to it. We get to talk about the result. And we get to talk about the W. We get, it was we, a good one. We get, we get to talk about the the win. The 2-0 win of Kalina Sheep. Man. That, that match was not what I expected. At all. And I am very thrilled that it went the way that it did. And there's just so much to talk about. Truthfully, I don't know where to start. Danny Brams, I'm just going to tee you up on what you liked about the match, what your biggest takeaways were from Christian Latanzio, his first match as interim head coach of this squad. And Kelly, I'm going to ask you the same question. It's just, it's a new era that started Mm -hmm. from a great piece on ESPN.com that you wrote just months ago. (laughs) We called it Chapter 2.0, Charlotte FC 2.0. Right. Kayla kicked off Charlotte FC 1.0 with her article on ESPN.com that previewed the whole launch of the club and, and sort of summed it all up. Now it's 2.0 in the exactly. Latanzio area. That's so why you're on the show. We need updates. <laughs> we need to update. know your thoughts on the 2.0 with Danny Brand. Please, just like, overall takeaway. The overall takeaway was what a day. What a day in the Queen City. I mean, we discussed our pregame rituals, had such a great time. The match itself was amazing. The first 10 minutes or so were kind of... You know, weathering the storm, New York came out, they attacked like they knew they could, they're an aggressive team, they had beaten us 3-1 in the cup a few weeks ago, so they yeah. knew they knew they had to feel like they could Total come in press. and get a result, and they, yeah. they came in, they brought their pressure, but you just, you could see it quickly, you could see them just wilting. As, as much, as hard of a time I was having dealing in the heat up in the stands, the guys down there in bright red on the pitch were having a way harder time. Frankie Amaya... He looked tired from about five minutes in, that little brat. Tom Edwards, you know, public <laughs> enemy number one that none of us uh, had anything good to say about after the cup I, match. To be fair, I, he I've was been, having a rough time of I, it. I've been talking shit about 
Tommy Edwards on the show. <laughs> yeah. But he, according to the Sofa score, he was the highest rated player on the field. Well, the you know, I bet they probably respected him for playing multiple positions. But regardless, you could see the New York Red Bulls, they were feeling the heat. That's what I'm trying to get across is that they were wilting. They they could, they could You knew within five minutes that there was no way they could sustain it for 90 minutes is what I'm trying to say. And slowly, quickly... Charlotte started turning the screws, started pulling back control, and within about 10-15 minutes, we had total control of the match, and it was great. We, we dominated. It was great to just watch our team play. The uh, One big hallmark of this team has been the way that we don't let other teams do what they want to do, which I love, you know, that's great to frustrate the opponents, but like, Saturday was great because for for, for 70, good 70, 80% of the match, we just got to do whatever we wanted. It was awesome. Now, I would like to see more quality. I, we should have had three to four goals. We had so many chances. The rewatch. We, more we, finishes. Bo- we both yeah. did a rewatch. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But and, and we had the same takeaway. The finishing was, Final third was rough. Four. And it put us in danger because, because there were some chances for Red Bulls. They did get a couple counters and, and fluky plays. Kamala blocked. Uh, Kalina's drop kick that led to like a dicey moment where they almost scored a, an empty netter, stuff like that. You know, put us in danger because we weren't finishing our chances. We we needed to have more goals in that situation, but we did get the second goal in stoppage time. The subs connected. Derek Jones' first career MLS goal. I mean, he had to go from Philadelphia to Nashville to Houston to Charlotte. All the way, four clubs to get his first MLS goal. What a stud. Danny Rams, give me some love. I said last week at Triple C, I said, Derek Jones is a guy <laughs> you that did. could benefit you did. from Christian Latanzio. Yeah. But, Kayla, I, 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 I'll say this. I saw as many goals as you did <laughs> on in Saturday person. in person. So I'll say from afar, and what I mean by that is in the concourse, because you, they scored in extra time in the first half, mm-hmm. in an extra time in the second half. <laughs> and for me to get down to the supporters bar and have a good time at halftime and post-match, right. those are crucial Your minutes. Right. Yep. Yeah. Right. We, so, we usually go it. down the stairs. We, we have, have to sit learn. in different sections, <laughs> but we always meet yeah. at about 42nd minute in the supporters bar. And it's you don't really miss anything of the match because you got the big streets, yeah, but you do miss the in-person view. But so I didn't say anything in-person, but you were out of town. Yep. You were covering the Special Olympics. Yep. From a distance, what was what was your reaction? What was your first thought when you saw that the result was a W? Yeah, well, I was going to preface it with saying I was watching it from a much cooler perspective than you guys probably were, although <laughs> when I was catching glimpses of it, I was watching it on TV. Uh, but I was also in Orlando, so, you know, I was dealing with a different level of heat down there as well. So uh, power to you guys for braving that. I knew it was a hot one there. But I think it was something you could just kind of feel. Even through the screen, you could feel the energy shift in, like, this what you guys just called kind of the 2.0 of this Charlotte team. It's just you be, are able to see this team come together and play for their new interim head coach, the Tanzio. Bounce. And you could just see, you just, you could feel it. You could feel that, like, it's bounce. just like a sigh of relief, I want to say. Like, when, when that second goal was scored, you could see it, like, come down on those yeah. players. It, it, it was a good feeling to see, to see that, like, on their faces, to see the reactions. And I mean, of course, obviously, you're going to have great reactions from Jones scoring his uh, first MLS goal. But to witness that and understand that, like this, these players were playing for something more that day. I think that was really cool. They were playing for something more. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, like it was more than just three points, which were massive. Mm-hmm. It was great to get the three points. It was but almost like the, it meant even more. Yeah. And and you know what? That does put it into perspective because it's almost like the three points that were massive were secondary. Yeah. It was which, like a proving. It was proving to the world that they 
they could be there and that they could still yeah. succeed and that the season wasn't over for them, which I think was an energy that was tangible. At least it came through for the TV screen for me. Energy and, you know, our martyr, our MAR, that we do love on the Charlotte Soccer Show. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think, yeah. That, I think, that, we, we didn't necessarily warn you, Caleb, but we're, we're like the damn MAR shouldn't have been fired camp over here, which is not where all Charlotte uh, FC fans are, but we're happy to move on to the new era. No, no, no. It's not, even, it's not about him being fired. It's just about, and the reason why I think about MAR when, when Kayla says energy is because that was MAR. Right. He asked for the energy. He connected with the fans. The only reason why the energy was that way in the arena on Saturday was because MAR started that. Right, that foundation's built. And, and Latanzio continued it. He for did. sure. Yes. There's been no drop-off, which was great to see. Yes. There's tactical decisions that Latanzio has to make. There's a, there's a lot of different decisions that Latanzio has to make. I want to get into player ratings. I want to say this, though, being in the stadium, because it's awesome that that energy, like you said, that second goal relief, Kayla, that like translated through the screen, that's great to hear because I would put that, if I'm like ranking my Charlotte FC goal celebrations that I've been in person for in uh, the, the keep, it would be number one would be first goal versus New England. Mm-hmm. You know, like getting special. our first goal at home and like knowing we could compete against a team that had won so many games the previous season. That was like everyone went nuts. Swiderski? Number two. Swiderski. Yeah, number, I have an amazing yeah. video from it. It's, it's yeah. one of my... That's one of my top memories from inside the stadium as well. Oh, brilliant. I, I need to see that video. <laughs> the brace. Number yeah, two brace Number two would be Swiderski's free kick. The free kick was another amazing goal celebration. It kind of came out of nowhere and people went nuts. Number three for me would be the insurance goal against New York Red Bulls that Derrick Jones scored. In terms of the celebration that was felt in the stadium, I'm so glad it translated through the screen, like I said, because he, we were going nuts for a goal that didn't necessarily – change the results or mean anything in the in the big grand scheme of things but it was just that second goal was so clutch and we went nuts and the players went nuts you could see it on on the field it, it drew attention from like european soccer fans the celebration that the charlotte players had after that goal yeah speaking of the charlotte players <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited it's to ready welcome, now I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to welcome kayla in for this conversation because oh, it's our post-match player rating Okay. It's a new one for me. It is. Yeah. So <laughs> we can we can talk about the guys, and I think from Danny Brams and I, from our point of view, we're going to do this really granularly. Like we're looking at minute by minute, and I think you have an interesting perspective of this squad as a whole. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes they say that you're too close to the sun, <laughs> and right. literally on Saturday we were too close <laughs> to the sun. It's a lot of reasons for that one. <laughs> And Keller was even closer to the sun somehow on Saturday. So, um, I just want to call out the highest rated and the lowest rated player on the squad from Saturday. According to SofaScore, of course, which if you don't have the SofaScore app, and I get like it. I'm talking right to you, <laughs> you like, got to have the SofaScore app. You should get that. <laughs> you, should, you should get the SofaScore app because it is a phenomenal way to, to, to follow MLS soccer, domestic soccer, international soccer, everything they've got to do. So, Highest rated player. It's almost parody that it's a guy that has it. We, we like to do nicknames on the show. Joseph Moore is Jogging Joe. <laughs> because all we do is talk shit on him and we say that he's really slow. Even at full speed, he looks like he's jogging, basically. As well. Jogging yeah. Joe. Sorry, Moore. sorry Joe. But after you're faster this, than me, but that's about the only person you're faster than. But after this rating, 
after this rating at right at, at left back? He was christened, but he was christened by Tifo's JP Perez. He's now Movement Mora. He went from Joggin' Joe to Movement Mora. You know, that's the new nickname. Yeah, the movement. He was moving everywhere. The only way to be progressive is to change. Right. He was Joe, Joe Moore was everywhere. Every bad thing I've said about Joe Moore on the pod 7. so far. 7.7, highest rated right. player on the pitch. Shove it in my face. I deserve it. You know, smack me, throw a cream pie in my face and, like, <laughs> just make me eat it because I, everything I said was wrong. Like, he was the man of the match. He was the goal. Like, Bender was the official man of the match, got to sit in the crown. After, you know, I get it for his goal, and he played really well. But Joe Moore made some clutch, clutch plays. He was regaining possession that led to some key attacks. He had an absolutely huge double tackle down the line to stop a New York attack that was very threatening in sort of mid-second half. And Joe Mora made a fool out of me for criticizing him. He was awesome. Eight tackles won, I believe, uh, according to the Opta scoring, which is a huge number. Elite defenders will have three, two to three or four tackles won in a match. Eight tackles. Eight tackles won for Mora is an absolutely absurd number. For a fullback, and 13 he, yeah. ground duels, 10 yeah. of them won. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. His percentages insane. are just off the charts in yeah. this match. For sure, and they were key plays every time. And he helped recite. He helped start attacks. You know, he had some long balls down to Shinya that, that were effective. He was great. Taylor, when you wrote the story on ESPN.com, which by the way, we'll put in the show description of this episode. You, you can you can read right. It was, I actually reread it the other day, and it was really fun to like go back to that launch weekend and reread it. So yeah, yeah for sure. and, and as a fan, I think it's a it's a great read because everything is in professional sports sixty miles an hour, so fast. It's hard to find yourself in a moment of like, holy shit, this is a unique moment. And what you did was capture that before the season when you were talking with this club about the players and the opportunity. Did Joseph Mora ever come up as like this veteran guy at left back that was going to be great? Because I'm starting to think that he might be a diamond in the <laughs> No, he was one of the players that um, we talked to. I mean, I, cu- I probably couldn't even tell you how many interviews I did for this story. I started it back in conversations of it started back in October of 2021 um, sit down interviews started back in November of 2021 so by the time it, it ended up getting published in March of 2022 like I hours and hours and hours worth of interviews so brains a little bit of mush from all of that but Joseph Moore was one of the guys that we did talk to and um, one of the marks on him was that uh, early on, you know, there was kind of some criticism there on Charlotte picking up a lot of international players and not necessarily getting a lot of players with MLS talent. And he was one of those veteran MLS guys right. to come through. So early on, I think people were kind of leaning on some of those guys to learn the style of play of the MLS and like the pace of how these games go. Now, maybe that'll change a little bit with the games all being on Saturday nights at <laughs> uh, same times, sometimes on Wednesday hey, nights. Hey, but as, as long as movement more has time. <laughs> Right. You know, he just needs five days. Right. Know, like three days is too quick. Well, he had, you know, he had about a week and a half before before this most recent one. So yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But yeah, it's one of those guys. I'm sure he's offered a lot of veteran support and, and knowledge yeah. of what the MLS is about. And to be fair, the reason why I think that's so important, and I think what your article highlighted was how when you build a franchise, pieces like that that are not sexy 
not young, are so important. And Harrison Offal. Harrison Offal, yes. Is another player. Is another player. And to be fair, you know how you win soccer matches? You have veteran players at the back positions. Mm -hmm. And then you in, then, then Anton walks. Somebody else who's been there as well plays in the center back role next to Guzman Carujo. It just felt like a, a, the chemistry on the back line was just... Yeah. Was there? We we've talked a lot on on the show about the ups and downs of Christian McCoon when he fills in for Fuchs, and we're both McCoon fans, but he makes us a little nervous at times. Walks never made me nervous. Never. You know, I would say I'm not. I don't. I'm I'm still up in the air about which one I actually think is better. But walks never made me nervous on Saturday, and he he finally got the chance to play that we we know that he's been angling for and that he's been pushing for and and seeing him out there and seeing the flag like you saw the, oh, the flag it, that was baby. hanging yeah the pride of south london <laughs> yeah exactly the british flag was hanging and excuse me the english flag not even the british flag the english flag was <laughs> was flying proud for anton walks uh at the the keep and uh and he delivered he delivered. It was great to see. So, what, any other? That was probably the biggest personnel change. Any other personnel changes that jumped out at you, like when you saw the lineup, that like a new player in a role that you didn't see under the with the coaching change. I Anton was one of the ones that yeah. immediately stood out to me. Yeah. I mean, I know that their team was going through having to, well, one having to change a lot of personnel from international team players not being able to, yeah. to be there, obviously. And, and we're gonna get and, we're gonna get into Swiderski <laughs> and Camille and, Camille. and their. What, 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 what should I call it? Like their exploration in Poland? Like uh, I would call it a jaunt. They had a jaunt over, over to Poland. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. like do you all want to play 90 minutes? Yeah. An excursion, maybe? Or do you want to go to Poland and <laughs> yeah. not play? Yeah. Yeah, hang out, hang out, speak Polish for a few days. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, obviously there was going to be some changes from there. But also it was interesting to see the changes that were going to be made under Latanzia, too, to see kind of who he was going to fill out in some different positions. So yeah. I think, and yep, yep. So good call out there. That was one of the ones we got right. We made some predictions <laughs> about who the changes would be. We got most of them wrong, but we did call that TT would be back, and it, he was back. I, and I should, I just want to shout out one thing. When we talk about player ratings, and it's something that. I reply to when I tweet it, and you can always find the player ratings on the Twitter account at For the Crown Baby. We'll always have that conversation on social before we have it here on the show. And the one thing that I thought that was so important was the connectivity between TT Ortiz and Ben Bender. It's like they were cool with each other playing together. It didn't matter who was like, which midfielder was ebbing forward, which midfielder was creating the opportunity, who was taking the ball at the center circle and dishing it out wide to, to Shinyashiki. Like, it didn't matter. Like, those two guys, I, I saw a connection there that it's a key word that we've talked about for months. The connection between the back line and the front line. If you're going to play a 4-3-3, that connection between the back line and the front line it's just so paramount. And the midfielders need to make it happen. So the connectivity there is awesome. And there's just one last thing. And when I got down to the supporters bar, I said there was a first half master class. <laughs> Ronnie Bro. Of course. First half master class. The guy, truth, truthfully, is Charlotte FC's best player. And the reason why is because nobody wants to play that position. 
Yeah. Did you did you have a chance, Kayla, to talk to Bronny Bro at all before I, the season? Before the season, I didn't actually talk to him. Um, no, so he wasn't one of the guys. But we've he's been, like one of our faves on this show. We've been, he's a big big Charlotte scene guy. We've been doing some modeling together for Glory Days. Throw that oh, Glory Days in there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Bronny Bro, a guy that we love on the show, and you know we talked about Kayla's work on ESPN.com. Associate producer for ESPN, like no big deal, but like right behind the scenes and on the scene here in Charlotte. I, I, I literally went to buy. We call our our listeners TFOs. T F O S L S. Tremendous <laughs> friends of the show. Tremendous friends of the show. And the reason why is because we love the TFOs. And the TFO, yep. the first TFO from the first match, is on a sweet print on Glory Days Apparel, yep. and. I'm shopping for my wife one day, and there you are, modeling the brand. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. How'd that come together? Um, I know the owner, JD. He's a great dude. Um, I've been kind of connected with them for a little while, and he reached out after the soccer story and asked me if I do some photos with them. So, <laughs> nice. we've been doing that ever since. The, the apparel's amazing. Yeah. Like the what they yeah. come up with is great, and it's like it's like really super Charlotte culture mm -hmm. is what it comes down to and that's why I like it's small business it's it's not a corporate brand it's just what they've been able to do with their apparel and I'm not getting paid for this endorsement <laughs> yet I might be <laughs> and by the way and the, 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 just kidding I'm not <laughs> is and Rachel pointed this out and correct me if I'm wrong but they're they're affiliated now with Girl Tribe in actually I am not aware of that yeah. so if they are that's really cool they're affiliated with Girl Tribe and South and South End. They're doing all the right things. So I just want to give yeah. a shout out to, to Glory Days Apparel because when you think about Charlotte FC, what the club wants you to do, and I respect it. Come to the pro shop, buy all our shit. It's produced here, and you know it's great. And the kits are awesome, and the hats are great. But there's local merchandise that right. you can buy. So we're gonna put a link. Glory Days can put out some of those. <laughs> no, no, like, no, 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 We're putting a link in the description of the show. If you want to buy Charlotte FC's first TFO shirt, t-shirt, tank top, you can decide. Maybe a hoodie someday, hopefully. That's our request. <laughs> if you're listening, Glory Days, put it on a hoodie. But along with Kayla's story on ESPN.com, we're gonna post that link as well. And we're not getting paid for that. No. But it's a sweet shirt, and if it wasn't a cool shirt, I wouldn't. We wouldn't right. do that for what it's worth. Here's my real question, though. Would you like to? What do you think of the TFO on sa uh, Saturday? Oh, I want the, that uh, one yeah. on a T-shirt immediately. No, yeah, time of absolutely. My, time of my life. Bender holding up the uh, ballerina. You know, Listen, nobody puts Bender in a corner. I actually was just watching that movie when I was in Orlando. You know, when you're like watching. Are you like, serious? Yeah, I was because you're 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 in a hotel and you're watching like the random right. movies that are on whatever local television channels you got. That, right. I was just watching it. It's like no TV guide. Right. Like, you know, I was just flipping it. through <laughs> and I stopped. And I was like, oh, I know this one. I'm gonna yeah, I'm exactly. gonna watch Dirty yeah. Dancing. Yeah. And then turn on the game on Saturday and there's Ben Bender up. And that's <laughs> that's the universe right there. Speaking and Bender scores a goal. I exactly. Mean, it all came together. It couldn't that have been any better. Thing. Yeah. Put that on a T-shirt, Glory Days, and it will be sold in volume. Do I have to beg for love on this show again? <laughs> of, course, of course you do. Because at the Sporters Bar, before the match, our TIFO, Alex Ventura, comes up to us. Hey, who's going to score the first goal? Who's going to score that? It's Ben Bender. Yeah, you called it it's out. It's a safe bet. You called at it home, out. I think it's, it's a safe it bet. It is a safe bet at, at home, Ben Bender. <laughs> right. That's fair. That's fair. So maybe I don't deserve that much love. But Ben Bender's a guy. And by the way, 
celebratory mood. We're having fun on the show today. But the stark reminder is <laughs> the Charlotte FC still hasn't won on the road. Yeah. And we, we got a road game coming up. We've got a road game coming up at Columbus. Beatable. King Harrison. Yeah, revenge match for King Harrison for sure. Hopefully he gets the start. I would love to see it. We're going to talk about that match. We're going to think about, and I think what's really important is, Charlotte FC today compared to where they were in October at the turn of the calendar heading into 2022. Let's take a 30,000-foot view of this franchise. That's a conversation that I want to have. Kayla Burns Hefner is here. I'm John Hayes. Of course, Danny Brams is here. Not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. At Danny Brams on Twitter, at John Hayes on air. Kayla, what's your Twitter handle? It's K underscore Burns Hefner. Couldn't be any longer than that, so I apologize (laughs) for that one. As someone who used to have an underscore in his Twitter handle, I, I feel your pain. <laughs> I actually recently considered changing it to Kayla Burns Hefner, but then it would be even longer. So. <laughs> Charlotte Soccer Show. We're back after this. We're at Burial Beer Company. And we're going to do one more segment. I need one more. And a preview. Danny Rams is going to get one more. Of course he is. We're back after this. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. It's Tuesday night, and you just went on a beer run. Long beer run, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought of uh, the guy the guy in front of me uh, at the bar who was staring down the menu and taking forever was, uh, hey, man, I'm just asking questions, guy. <laughs> he was asking a lot of them, but I'm back, baby. So, so what'd you pick up? I, st- I went back to the Surf Wax, and uh, I'm loving it. The profit maker was nice, but the dry hop just didn't quite do it when we quite like the wax. The wax is the stuff when you come to burial. Everybody knows that. But you're drinking an inner tube, I believe? Yes. Yeah, this is a, if you're looking for one of the lightest beers in town <laughs> that is super drinkable, that you can have on the back end of a couple IPAs, it's the it's the inner tube. It's a 3.5% lager, and it, you, you can't argue with that. So Responsible seven. way to end the night. It is a responsible <laughs> way to end the night, especially true on a Tuesday evening here in the QC. So you've heard us on the show a a, a thousand times react to a firing, react to a match. And we want to do something a little bit different tonight, and that is take a step back. Right? I think it's an important time on the calendar. We've got a new head coach in town, interim head coach. Important to note that. Made a good case on Saturday. Yeah, he's one. He's undefeated. <laughs> so hey, that unbeaten streak is going for, for the new man, and he's got a chance to do it this weekend in Columbus. But as y'all know, Kayla Burns Hefner is here. Her article about the launch of this franchise is in the show description to read, and I implore you to do that. And Kayla, I just want to start off with just six months ago. Things were so different yeah. than they are right now. And that's okay because everything is moving forward in a positive direction. But that that positive direction was still happening six months ago. And that's the point I've always been wanting to make on this show. Is like just because things felt negative in the last couple weeks with the firing of MAR, things have been positively growing in this city 
for the last six months around this franchise. And you've had the opportunity to be embedded with this franchise. <laughs> to have a unique moment with our with the Z-Man. Okay. Tell, tell us about this story. <laughs> and first and foremost, what made you want to do it? Yeah, well, so I've been following kind of the, you know, I guess the launch of this club since the day that Tepper was in hooligans cheersing all the fans and wishing that I was there. I was probably at the office at that time. This is pre-COVID, pre-world change, all this kind of stuff. And just like seeing that joy that came from Charlotte soccer fans. And not even just like Charlotte soccer fans, but just Charlotte, like people who live in the city who've been wanting something, a, a new team like to call their own for so long. Like it, it just was, that was unique. Um, I had been new to the city at that time as well, so that was like kind of like a, this could be like my new team. I didn't have an MLS team that I really cheered for before. I was just like, this is just really cool. It's a unique experience for a lot of people coming in from all over the place. Um, yeah. You know, they always call Charlotte like a, like everybody's coming in from everywhere else. It's just one no of those doubt. cities that, you know, just draws a lot of people from all over. It's just like to have something that was just so clear that could be everybody could root for you know from the ground up was really cool so that's kind of where I started keeping my eye on it and then of course pandemic happens everything gets shifted around and then I ended up being in a position where I was able to you know pitch and write a story on the club's inception there wasn't anybody doing it um and I have a background in writing I work in television production but I also love writing too so you were at ESPN the magazine started yeah, a career at ESPN? yeah I started as an intern at ESPN the magazine five years ago almost exactly to the date um so that's really cool uh, but I my first actually my first assignment ever was going to interview the entire New England Revolution soccer team uh, as an intern for the body issue which oh, was wow. extremely intimidating <laughs> um but it kind of started my love for like soccer there because it was it like it sounds like a nice assignment <laughs> Uh, it, it, it was a good one, yeah. <laughs> it was a fun assignment for sure. But it was cool because I kind of got to experience um, soccer. I've, I've worked at NFL, I've worked with college sports for a long time, and a lot of sports that get a lot of coverage, and soccer, and specifically MLS, is not one that really gets too much national coverage on, on a day-to-day -day basis. So Charles FC really opened their doors to me to just embed myself in their office for so long. So I started doing interviews in November, I ended up publishing right before the opening home game, and I, by that point, I'd probably like I probably had like a de desk reserved for me in the Charlotte FC office. <laughs> I was in there so often, um, and, and everyone was so kind to me and just like letting me just live in their space and really get to experience what it was like to good vibes. There's good vibes in that. Yeah, office. great vibes, great vibes. Um, you mentioned the story about Zorin. Uh, I got to be my first interview with him ever was I was sitting in the office and I don't think this would have come up if my face hadn't been shown around in all of their events and their office for so long but he comes up it's decision day this is the lead of the story if, if you read it he's he's literally darting back and forth in the office and and he just keeps going up five more minutes five more minutes it's like I think I was supposed to interview with him at like four, which was, it shouldn't have happened on deadline day. Like that's an insane time for him anyways. Uh, but he just you know, keeps pushing it. It's like 4.30 at this point. He drops his card down and go to me and the communications coordinator and goes, meet me at the bar. <laughs> so we did the interview at the bar. We did it at uh, La Belle Helene in Uptown. The, the, um, the French bistro. 
Yeah. And, and a place yep. where I've been to brunch many times. It's a fantastic spot. Yes. Highly recommend it. It's great atmosphere in there. Um, and where I did my first interview with the sporting director. So we had a nice chat, kind of got to get a full view. It was not just him, but it was him, uh, their head of communications, uh, some of his staff members also came. So you kind of got that sense of like, okay, this is a community. Um, and that kind of translated in everything that I did and everything that I was writing about for the next what, November, December, January, February, March, five months. Um, it, that, that was kind of like the sense that I was really getting. I was like, this is like, everyone was kind of working together as a team. And that translated, I think, more so into the community's perception of it. And, and what I've seen from now, what, we're like 15 games into the season yeah. at this point, um, the fan atmosphere that they've been able to create, they're averaging 30,000. How much did they talk to you about that? Like A lot. Much, uh, the connection that they wanted to have with the Yeah, fans. I mean, that was the main conversation points that we were having. I mean, I've talked for everybody from, I didn't talk to Tepper, but I talked to Nick Kelly multiple times. I probably had two, two three sit-downs with him. Um, now, no, obviously no longer with the team. Uh, I talked to their new president, Joe. He said the same sentiments. I talked to Zoran on multiple occasions um everybody from people with the academy to their community side i talked to their community lead as well it, the community aspect was the driving force um one of the things i thought was really cool was that that the, the reason that the story is called the other football club is because they actually had a project um that they were working on the side for some time called the other uh the OFP, they called it, the other football project. Um, and so they literally would meet, like it felt like a startup. They would meet after hours, after football hours, in like a literal vacant suite in Bank of America Stadium, which was so cool. Um, just kind of like they had that grassroots type of feeling of, yeah, obviously they had a lot of support and they had a lot of financial like backing, of course. within the organization almost. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, they kind of, they started it as like a startup and, and a lot of those conversations were coming with um, they were talking to supporters groups that existed for a very long time within the community that were not just supporters groups of the potential of Charlotte FC, but also supporters groups that they're talking to. Um, the I'm blanking on the name right now, but the supporters group that uh, supports the Mexican national team were also here and have a really strong presence here. Oh, Pancho Villa's army. Um, <laughs> Pancho. So, you know, had this extremely good relationship with them, and they kind of assessed like is this a good market for soccer here? And it was an astounding yes. And they kind of integrated well, them in the whole... I'm sorry to jump in now, but oh, I yeah. have to. Yeah. I mean, you have those conversations at that point, mm -hmm. and it's all speculation. Right. 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 You don't know. And I think that's the most interesting right. part. Will people show up Correct. to the Bank of America Stadium on a match day and go nuts? Like, after all this planning that they were putting together, you saw them sweating this every single day. Did they yeah. know? Did they feel confident that the, the fans were going to deliver for them? They were confident. They, I mean, I don't think you put goals out there like 74,000 in the opener, 30,000 average at every game, hosting a playoff match if you're not confident in at least two of the three of those being a base off of, you know, your fan base showing up for you. Remarkable mm -hmm. just to hear you say that out loud. That's <laughs> what's happening here. I honestly have no clue how they did it. And if you can somehow enlighten me how they did this, I have no fucking clue how they did this. I think how? it it all was very, um, I mean, it was, it was a huge part. They're two out of the three main goals that they had literally plastered in their office wall. So you can't miss it. You're passing it every single day. You're seeing that we need to break 74,000 fans to have the all-time MLS attendance record. A goal-oriented approach. Yeah. Um, but but the way that they implemented it, I think, was really cool. Was something that um, I got to experience as someone who was covering it. Was just 
inviting the fans to be and the community to be a part of every single step of the way. So whether it be the kit launch, the announcement of their first designated player, um, the one of the first events I ended up attending was the um, expansion draft, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of where I first started to sense that I was like, oh, this is this is yeah. something that they're really intentionally integrating the fans in from day one. Not only just not only just inviting them there, but having a fan make the first pick yeah, on yeah. local television. It's so. so funny for you to say that because we were on the other side of that. We were at the kit launch. You mm-hmm. know, we we were at John. I wasn't there, but John was at the Swiderski announcement. Yeah. You know. We, we, I was streaming the draft, you know, on a, on a tiny little screen in the corner of my office when I was at work, you know, like, uh, they knew we were out there. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's yeah. like, it's cool to know that that connection was going both ways. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that that's something that you see, like, even with how different the team looks now, they still had 32,000 fans show up in mm-hmm. Bank of America Stadium for their, what we called in this episode, the 2.0 era for them. Right. You know? And, like, I think that that's something that, like, you don't get to that point without putting in the groundwork for so many months before. And, obviously, they had COVID. They have a lot of things right. that they had to shift um, and, and regain that traction in that fan base. But There's one guy that yeah. I think is critical to all this that you're talking about, being able to do a Charlotte FC and then a Charlotte FC 2.0, mm-hmm. and it's Christian Foods. Yeah, absolutely. Without him, is this possible? It's 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 hard to think about, and, and, and you researched this extensively. You talked to them about it. <laughs> I actually like, talked to Christian, too. Yeah. Uh, so if you ask him, he'd say no. But, <laughs> but privately, humble? he'd tell you yes. <laughs> but maybe privately, he'd tell me yes. I, have a hard, I don't know if, if Fuchs is humble or not, and I don't know if I want him to be, to be perfectly honest. That is, that is a great that is a great way to put it. Um, no, I, I had one funny conversation with him when we were talking. It was the open training for um, we the first time well. the fans that were allowed to see the, the <laughs> yeah, team play. Yeah. And it's I was talking stuff. to Christian after that, and I alerted him. This is this is post obviously post kit launch and everything, but I remembered on the Ally building like he was. Like, I, I had to walk past it every single time I went into the Charlotte FC office. So I was just like, you know, your face was on the literal building like in charlotte like how does that like feel you know you've been such an integral part in this and he was like i didn't know my face was on the building so you know humble there but (laughs) i don't know about that we'll see i if my face is on the building i probably know about it but we have a we have a thing we love to have our own sort of like pet show nicknames for every player on the team you know alan franco is the blue hornet jordi alcivar is uh el principe and whatnot for fuchs it's team dad we call him team dad Dad. and he's he's our team dad he's just sort of the guy that kind of lays down the law gets out the belt every now and again when he has to (laughs) keeps everyone on the same page leads by example sets the standard is that the the sense you got from talking to him yeah i mean that's the sense that i got from i like again when i asked him about that he he doesn't come across that way he doesn't come across as the way he like takes a lot of uh I guess recognition from that but when talking to every single other player um, that came in especially a lot of the young guys um, you know Ben Bender being one of them Chris Hagard is another one who um, spoke very highly of the relationship that he had with Christian uh, it, especially early on with a lot of these guys uh, being new to this program this program being new in general and they're trying to create a culture here he was one of those guys that was creating that like locker room culture establishing those habits mm-hmm. um that a lot of those players needed to learn and maybe some of this was their first professional experience and who better to learn it from than a premier league champion right um so that was a sentiment that a lot of the players shared a lot early on was that he was that one of those guys that was like you know really helping them show them away like show how you're supposed to train show you how you're supposed to 
you know, dedicate yourself in, in every aspect. It's, I mean, it's like you looking at you're a freshman on a college football team and you're looking at the Heisman winner and being like, hey. Yeah, yeah, good analogy. Yeah. <laughs> at, at, what am I supposed to do here? <laughs> at this point, Kayla, I have to be honest with you, I'm starting to see why MAR could not hold the locker room for himself. Because Fuchs is too strong of a personality? Yeah. yeah it's possible. It's possible. I mean, They're the, the same age, know. dude. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, like, it's not yeah. like it's a 55-year-old and a 36-year-old. Right. It's 37 and 36. Right. It's, and and it's, Fuchs yeah. was the better leader from the jump. Right. I always say that in an organization, you can assign someone to be the leader, but the people are going to follow who they choose to follow. The lead, the real leader will emerge, and it's what it sounds like is that Christian Fuchs, you know, we already knew that, but he, you know, he emerged as the leader very well. And it doesn't surprise me that he butted heads with MIR now. You know, the more we learn about it, the more we know. I hope it all pays off. Things are feeling good right now because we beat Red Bulls. I still know we have a tough, you know, the meat of our schedule is coming up. And we still, I feel we still have to prove it every week for the next little while, you know, to make sure, to truly, truly prove this team is better off without Ramirez as their coach. We'll, we'll see. I want, we need to keep proving it. We proved it for sure on Saturday. I think I? It, I was going to say, I think a good test will see, like, can they win on the, on the road? Right. We have not well, done they that. they win on the Great road point. now. Great point. Great point. Oh, I think that'll be, if they win on the road, I think that'll be a huge confidence you, boost for them for the rest of the season. I, you know, I, I hate to be someone who backtracks and I hate, like, changing, like, but I'll, if I self, I also, I hate to be someone who refuses to self-examine also. So if I look back at, you know, some of the things I've, the takes I put out on the pod and whatnot, we probably were not as harsh on MAR about those subs in Seattle when we had the 1-0 lead and he makes the off offensive subs. I don't know. I, you know, you're right. You know, like when it comes, what makes me think of that is you're talking about winning on the road and that was a chance we had to go win on the road. And in yeah. the crucial moment, you know, when yeah. we had the lead, we kind of dropped the ball. And we'll, I, we'll I, see if that continues. I tweeted the from the show account, at For the Crown Baby. Make sure you follow the show. <laughs> I tweeted from the show account the Michael Scott gif that is like, nobody panic, nobody panic. We've got a 1-0 lead. Yeah. We're on the road. It's halftime. What right. do we do now? Yeah. And clearly what we did was panic. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, he's no longer the coach. So, I, I mean, hearing this, these insights from you, unbelievable. I told Danny Brands when this story came out um, before the season that it was real journalistic work um, from ESPN.com, which is as good as it gets. Right. And we, there's been a mixed bag in terms of like national reaction to Charlotte FC. You know, like some people have been hypercritical, others have been, you know, maybe too fawning. I felt like your piece really did strike a nice balance. So oh, thank congratulations. you. Congratulations. It's titled Charlotte is Ready for MLS. How the Panthers' other football project became a real club, and I think it's a it's a great headline. But I do have a lot of people were mad about that headline of before course. they started reading it. Though of I will course. say, I got some hate from the true soccer fans in this country for Wait, a little bit. Do you do you mean that people got pissed off about a headline? Imagine that. But I have one request. Yes. I don't know who your editor was and/or is. But can we please remu remove the Charlotte Falls and debut at DC United video from the top of the story? <laughs> hey, I have nothing to do with video embedding in, uh, in my story. Let's put Esky's free kick on. Yeah, you know? yeah. Anything yeah. else yeah, 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 besides yeah, yeah, that? Sure. 
uh, anything else besides that. Uh, it's, it's been a pleasure, Kayla, to have you on the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. It's um, been a pleasure being here. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams. We're going to do one more segment after the break. We have to preview the Columbus yep. match on Saturday. So we're going to do that, Danny Brams and I. Next, follow me at John Hayes on air. Follow Danny Brams. At Danny Brams. And follow I don't show. need any more followers, though. Do not follow me, please. Follow him. If you don't follow him. I have too many. You're making a mistake. We're going to talk to you. We're going to, oh, and we have questions. Listener questions? We have questions? Little mailbag? We have questions from the TIFAs. We're going to hit that next. This is Charlotte Soccer Show. We're back in. Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams. We're back. Burial Beer Company. Bury me in this Surf Wax IPA, baby. This is a great beer. Oh, God, it's good. The reason why I did that reading <laughs> yeah. was like, yeah. it's good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just yeah. good beer. And that's why you can tell. And a, a friend of mine, who I met here tonight without planning to be here. Small town, small world. It, that's Charlotte in a nutshell. I said, hey, man, you know, what are you doing here? He's doing market research. <laughs> And he said... <laughs> He's checking out the competition. He said he, that this place is in the honeymoon phase. And I agree. Totally agree. It's new. It's fresh. It's, it's popular in Asheville. But I think it's like a really good window into how Asheville can actually impact Charlotte mm -hmm. in a way that's very positive. Mm -hmm. People, speaking as, you know, a Charlottean myself, I'm a transplant, but I've been here closer to 10 years than five so let's just say that I feel like I'm yeah. local, yeah, me and too. there's a there's a there's a kitsch, there's a, there's an aura about Asheville. You know, when you live in Charlotte, you kind of put Asheville up on a little pedestal. Oh, we're going to Asheville for the weekend. Oh, 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 oh yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, you, you get a nice brewery, nice beer company comes from Asheville down to the big city, trying to make their mark. We wish them well for sure. I love the surf wax. Uh, I haven't tried a ton of their beers. I wasn't. A, as massive of a fan of the profit maker, although hopefully it did make me a profit for this forecasting segment we're about to do. Yes, but we are. The surf wax is where it's at. Burial, doing it right. You know what tonight is, Danny Brams? What is tonight? It's a celebration. Ooh. For a couple of different reasons. I love it. Number one, is Charlotte FC beat New York Red Bulls oh, God, on still, Saturday. Oh, great. 2-0. Dominated. Revenge game. Kalina Sheet. We defended the keep. Remarkable. What the else are we celebrating? Episode 30. Wow, milestone. Hey, hey. It's a milestone episode. Thanks to the TIFOs. Thanks to everybody who listens. We couldn't do it without you. We do it for you. Nothing more to say. We're going to get to your questions in just a moment. But th the first thing that we need to do before we do, uh, before we go into any match day, is Danny Ram's scouting report. We're going to Columbus, man. We're going back on the road. We're looking for that win. What what do we need to know? We need to know that Columbus crew won MLS Cup two years ago. This is a proud franchise. This is an original MLS franchise, taking it back to the days of 1996. This club almost lost their franchise a couple years ago. There was a very high-profile battle. The owner wanted to take the team to Austin. They were going to lose 
all presence in Columbus. They started the Save the Crew movement. You know, uh, not quite as tremendous friend of the show, Taylor Twellman, you know, got behind the Save the Crew movement. He was back in Save the Crew. Everybody was all about Save the Crew. And uh, they saved him. They saved the damn crew, and the crew won MLS Cup the next year. It was absolutely incredible. Just what a story. And and, and Austin FC got a franchise anyway. So the, the crew didn't even have to leave, and Austin got a franchise anywhere the crew, where the crew were going to go. So everything worked out. Everyone's happy. And they've been happy ever since until Charlotte FC comes to town next weekend because we're about to wreck shit up for the crew. The crew don't know what's about to hit them. The crew are a one-man team. The crew put everything, basically their, their entire game plan is based around feeding the ball to Lucas Zellerayan, a superstar player who has been battling injury so far early in this young season, and a guy who I'm not quite sure that Columbus can count on to be there. And if they don't have Zellerayan, Charlotte's going to win against Columbus, that we will get our first win if Zellerayan doesn't play. That's 100% sure. He's he's the talisman. He's the totem. He's everything for Columbus crew. They have a couple other decent players, but they're battling injury. Their goalkeeper is a CONCACAF. You know how they say world class? They yeah. say, oh, this guy's world class. Oh, that guy's world class. Yeah, they they I, play for their national team. I throw that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Eloy Room, the Columbus crew camper, I'm going to invent a new term. He's CONCACAF class. <laughs> he's, he's not quite world class, but he's CONCACAF class. He plays uh, for his national squad uh, in uh, Gold Cup matches and things like that. So uh, Columbus has got some pedigree. they got some talented players. They're a little bit of a mess. They don't have any really threatening goal scorers. I'm expecting a Kalina sheet on the road. I expect wow. us to win 2-0. Wow, not only did he hit you with the the game plan, he hit you with the formation, he hit you with the prediction, it's a 2-0. Well, it's a one-man team, and we've proven adept at shutting those teams down. Bronny Bro will put Zellerayon in his pocket even if he does play. I'm not even worried about it. Fuck the crew. Why did we even save the crew? I think that's the best question of the night. I mean, give me a break, the crew? We're going to go and wreck them. I'm feeling, I don't, maybe I'm just feeling confident. Maybe it's the surf wax talking. I hope But, it is. I mean, I, I just feel like we're on a vibe right now, and we're going to go to Columbus and get our first road win. I just, I can't, I can't see any other scenario playing out. The way I see it, Danny Rams, is you've got a lot of grip on that board, man. <laughs> I'm riding the wave, baby. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I, I want, you know who I want? to give the pregame speech, and I alluded to this earlier. Who that? The King. King Harrison. Right. Beloved. Beloved Columbus Crew veteran. I mean, this guy won he the won. best, one of the he, best players in the history the of Columbus Crew. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. MLS Cup champion with the crew. One of the best attacking fullbacks in the last 10 years of MLS easily, and a crew legend, for sure. I would love to see him given the pregame speech for sure my question to you is does Jalen Lindsay get the starting spot back or in my opinion this is Christian Latanzio's biggest decision for this match week Mm -hmm. do you give the start to the veteran against his old club or after a poor performance do you replace him with the young guy on the road and and an extremely poor performance as, as much as we've loved everything King Harrison has brought to the table as a member of Charlotte, including 
a vital, vital contribution on a cup-winning goal in extra time. We can never take that away. Or, excuse me, a cup match winning, not a cup winning. He played his worst match of the season against Red Bull. And maybe it was the heat. Maybe it was the press. Maybe it was the taxes. Maybe he was just letting some other people shine. But he was constantly exposed, unfortunately. He he looked like the worst version of himself against Red Bull on Saturday. And it's it's unfortunate. I hate to call that out in such a overall celebratory uh, Saturday that we had. But the question looms because... Lindsay was not bad. I feel like Lindsay was replaced in the starting lineup for purposes of uh, veteran leadership and, and, and whatnot, but it might be a situation where we need to go back to the, the young legs this time. I'm not sure. What do you think? The reason why I think it's a huge decision for Latanzio is because it's not just a tactical decision. It's a personal decision. Mm-hmm. If you're Athel, you right. don't start... Right. You're slighted by that. Right. I mean, if, if Harrison Apple had played zero minutes to date for Charlotte FC, if that was the case, he would be expecting to start this match. You know, like he would expect to get a chance to go play against his old, old club. And I'm not going to be mad if he plays. I'm, I, I leave it up to Latanzio to decide, quite quite frankly. I, I Latanzio's unbeaten, untied as a manager. I trust this guy implicitly. Are you kidding me? Uh <laughs> Uh, if he wants to start Lindsay, start Lindsay. If you want to start Affle, start Affle. I don't. I don't really think that we're going to suffer either way. But I do know that Affle needs to play better if he does start. He does. There's no doubt about that. And one other thing that we need to discuss about this weekend is availability. Right. Look, Poland played today. One of Charlotte FC's players, Kyle Spiderski, in the lineup, gets subbed on in the second half. And has a couple really big chances. Did you see his volley over the bar, and then his header off the post? Wow! He couldn't get one into the back of the net. But wow. Carroll couldn't finish. Damn! I hope the Polish fans were made sure that it was not his fault. So he'll be back potentially for Saturday. Camille Uzviak not in the squad again. Well, Camille, we we kind of learned this is that Camille was deemed really not fit by Poland. And I don't know if that's some type of nagging injury. I don't know if it's an indictment on on the lack of intense practices that MAR was running that Fuchs mentioned. But Camille was pretty much deemed not ready to play when he, you know, we made such a big deal of him flying to Seattle, then flying to Poland for this international window. He hasn't even really sniffed the bench because he's been deemed not ready to play. I don't know if it's a lingering injury or what. I don't really, I can't really say what his availability is going to be for this Columbus Crew match when they come back because. The team hasn't spoken on it. The Polish national team didn't really speak on it, other than saying he's not available. Do we need him? No. <laughs> not at all. Cam- right now, Camille's the most overrated player on this team, easily. It's not even close. I agree. And if you watch the match again, you can look back and see on right wing. Right. Mackenzie Gaines right. offers a hell of a lot. And he has an opportunity to improve his game in the final third. And if he does that, you're talking about one of the most right. unique weapons in MLS on the right wing. Well, he was dusting fools with speed, but he was also dusting fools with footwork. That was the thing. Like He was getting around guys in the box, which was a new trick from McKinsey that I had not seen before. He's so We're so used to just considering him you know, the speed merchant down the sidelines, outrunning balls. But like, but like, I'm sure he doesn't want to be known one-dimensionally like that. 
and I'm sure he's been out there working on his footwork every damn day in practice, and it started to show some fruit against Red Bulls. He, he got around a guy in a, the box and created a chance, again, speaking to our poor finishing, that was pretty nice. And the thing about McKenzie is he needs to work on the final product. He needs to work on the cross. He's crossing it too frequently into the keeper's arms. I get it. But, like, he's getting those crosses off way more than he was in the early start of the season, and I have a feeling he's going to keep improving. Anyone who has listened to this podcast understands how I feel about Mackenzie Gaines, and I think that he could potentially become one of the most unique weapons in Major League well, Soccer. Like, well, like, think about it. Like, we don't have to turn this into a diatribe, but, like, who's who's Usviak better than? Is he better than Shinya Sigi? No. Is he better than Gaines? No. Is he better than Kerwin Vargas? TBD. Is he better than Jordi Reyna? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, who's he better than? So, I think you can boil it down to this. His experience with the Poland national team is the same exact experience that he's having with Charlotte FC, which is wings who are ahead of him in the pecking order and his fitness needs to improve mm -hmm. in order for him to see the lineup. So, and his physicality, just in general. Fitness, physicality. Gaines has improved his physicality by a stretch over the last three months. He certainly has. So those are the two things. I think when, when Camille Uzviak gets back into town, that's one thing that we need to consider. And, and apologies to a tremendous friend of the show, Michael Volak, for an extended riff against Camille Yusviak, who I know is your boy in your jersey, but sorry, buddy. Speaking of Michael Volak, <laughs> it is time for my favorite segment on the show. And that segment is the Danny Brams Quick Fire Q&A. <laughs> Our first question, Russell Bowman, one of our TIFOs, he tweets in, and he designates late for the late for the pod. Just so you know, you weren't late for the pod. You were right on time, Mr. Bowman. Feeling conflicted about the Apple TV deal. Can't help but to think it prices out a lot of quote my team only fans who are just as important as the diehards growing in MLS. Is that a question? Russell, uh, yeah, well, you know, there's a question in there. There's a question <laughs> hiding in there for sure. He's feeling conflicted. You know, he's feeling conflicted. His question is, should he feel conflicted? And the truth is, Russell, you should. You're more than well within your rights to feel conflicted. It's a completely, completely fair reaction. The truth is, we don't know. We can't say for sure whether the Apple TV package is going to be good for fans of MLS or not. But I will tell you this. I, I, I think it is. I think it is. I, I'm give, giving it the benefit of the doubt for sure. I'm looking forward to it. I am an Apple TV plus a subscriber anyway because I'm a huge fan of some of the shows. I really like the show Severance. Check it out. One of Probably the show of the year for 2022, if you ask me. Uh, completely different podcast. But I will say this. If you're a My Team Only fan, as Russell outlines here, one of the coolest things that they announced on this whole Apple deal is that season ticket holders to a club will have free access to the MLS package on MLS Plus. So if you buy season tickets to your club, you're going to have this package, whether you subscribe to Apple Plus or not. You're going to be covered. Hopefully, it doesn't price you out. I also, you know, I'm not here to tell anybody how to spend their money. I know every dollar counts, especially in this day and age. But Apple TV Plus, fairly affordable. Yeah. Don't, 
Go cancel your Paramount Plus and get Apple Plus. Don't cancel ESPN Plus, please. Oh, unless you like the <laughs> Champions League. Don't do that. Because you'll miss out on some of those amazing matches. Uh, JPP. The man himself. So great, to, so great to meet you. James Paul Perez on Saturday at the Keep. This is a fun question. I'm going to answer this too. On October 1st, going into our last home game, Charlotte FC will be blank in the Eastern Conference table. We're, we're feeling optimistic, so we're going to say seventh place, but we need three points to hold our spot. Seventh place, but in danger of losing the playoff spot. That's what I'm going to say. It's a uh, conservative pick. I'll say first place. <laughs> Surf Wax America, baby. <laughs> and a home match at the Keep. Uh, Michael Volak, one of our other TFOs, he chimes in. He says, and he's paying attention to Poland, by the way, Danny Brams. With Poor Sw- guy. <laughs> <laughs> With Swiderski getting 33 minutes in today's match versus Belgium, do you think he'll be starting versus Columbus on Saturday? What will it take for the team to keep it rolling and bring back three points with their first road victory. Well, uh, props to you, Mikey Volak, for uh, squeezing two questions into one tweet. Very impressive. <laughs> Completely Phil, unrelated questions. <laughs> Phil, Mickels- Phil Mickelson would not be happy with two questions in one question. Uh, Swiderski will be starting versus Columbus on Saturday. Yusviak maybe not even in the squad, depending on how big this in- availability issue is. Uh, but uh, Swiderski will definitely be starting versus Columbus on Saturday, unless he picked up a knock that I don't know about at the time of this recording. Uh, as for the second question, it's not the second part of a question. It is a second distinct question, Michael, and you knew that when you asked it. What will it take for the team to keep it rolling and bring back three points with their first victory? Uh, don't foul. No stupid fouls. Lucas Celereon, who I mentioned earlier, is a free kick specialist. He can score the ball from anywhere if you give him a dead ball. Do not make any stupid fouls. Don't let this guy get loose. Easy win. Columbus does not have the team talent to hang with us. Last question comes from Ash Hamrick. First question that he's asked on the show. I think it's a good one. Do you think that Swiderski and Jozviak returning will boost, not affect, or hinder the fluidity we saw from Charlotte FC against New York Red Bulls? I think that's a really good question that I could probably go for a long time on but I want you to hear I want to hear from you quick fire about your reaction I'm gonna say best case scenario is not effect I think boost is more than we can hope for I don't think Carol at this point has shown me that he uh, enhances fluidity I don't think he hinders it but I don't think he boosts it I would love to see him get in the flow and get back to scoring goals, but I'm going to continue to be cut tough on Carroll as our highest paid player until he can deliver and do his job what he's supposed to be doing. It's a good answer. What do you think? I'll chime in just simply with Uzviak to Svidersky is like varsity to JV. <laughs> yeah, correct. And Svidersky has an impact on the starting 11. Uzviak is just a fringe player who could potentially come on and make something happen. Mm-hmm. So... When we talk about them, I think it's really easy to talk about both these players in the same vein because they're both Polish. And I want to get away from that. Right. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn my back on that notion and jump up and down. If 
the Charlotte Soccer Show. Can I get Can I get one more question? Can I throw one more question in? A bonus question from is Evan it for Rude. Me? No, it's from it is for you. It's from Evan Rude, and he says, "Do you think some of our away losses were due to MIR overthinking formations? Do you think Latanzio will play the same four three three that worked at home versus Red Bulls on the road at Columbus?" Mr. Rude coming in with a great question to end the show. I know you love formation talk. A great question to end the show. I think what Christian Latanzio will do on the road will keep the same formation, but if he does not keep the same formation, he will have more of a defensive lineup than he did at home against New York Red Bulls. Makes sense on the road. Four, two, three, one. Give me that double pivot. That's what we're waiting for on the show. Someday, baby. Sergio Ruiz and Brad Veronico played together for the last 15 minutes. They did. They did. We could see it again. I want to see it again, and I would love to see it on Saturday versus the crew. It's been a long episode. It's been a great episode. I'm so thankful for Kayla Burns Hefner coming by the show. Please, How great again. was she? Kayla Burns Hefner. An emerging voice in the soccer world, I feel like, right now. Could not agree more. She's somebody in the Charlotte soccer scene. Remember the QC Royals? Shout out Royals, baby, all day. You can find her story on Charlotte FC's launch in the show description. Make sure you click on that. Make sure you find her on Twitter as well. She's got the underscore in her handle, so... K underscore Burns Hefner. Love the underscore. Yeah, give her, give her, give her, give the underscore a follow. Mm-hmm. And I want to underscore one thing. We'll tag, we'll tag her, we'll tag her on our account. As well. Yeah, yeah, we'll tag her. But I do want to underscore how great of a guest she was. Yes, and 100%. It, it was awesome to hear from her. And listen, there's one thing I'm jealous about. There's one thing that I'm somewhat resentful about. A cocktail at La Belle Helene. With Zoran Cronetta? Sounds like a great evening in Uptown Charlotte. Doesn't it? Someday. We'll get there, Johnny. Someday, I promise. Charlotte Soccer Show. Follow me on Twitter at John Hayes on Air. Follow Danny Brams at Danny Brams. Follow the show at For the Crown Baby. And it's a huge road match this weekend. We'll be back to recap all the action from Columbus. But until then, with the crown, baby.